a Podcast One production. Remember when you were a kid, and up until a point, you just took it for granted, food and clothes and cars and those things just magically appeared for you. And then you realised, hang on a minute, who pays for all of this? It doesn't just magically appear, does it? Of course, no. I'm Adam Peacock, and on this episode of Peacock Politics, I'm that kid again, at that stage, but want to know... Who funds politics? It can't run for free. Who pays for it? Who donates to political parties? And then how does that shape the decisions that are made that shapes the way we live in Australia? To inform me, my guest is a man who studied politics, became an expert in all its machinations, and then decided to take the piss out of it all. Charles Firth is a member of the Chaser team, and he's covered countless elections both here in Australia and the US. Charles, thank you for your time. Uh, This subject has all the uh, chance of becoming satire, doesn't it? The boundaries are kind of blurred a little. Oh, it's basically comedy. The (laughs) election funding is comedy in Australia. So, okay, I'll start broad. Mm. How does funding work with politics in Australia? Well, actually, we're quite lucky in Australia because um, we do have public funding of major political parties, and that works out at about, at the moment, it's about $2.70, the major parties basically pay themselves out of your tax money every time they have an election. For every vote that they get, they get about $2.70. Based um, on the last election? Based on the election. So the parties have to cash flow all the money. They've got to get the cash. They spend it on trying to get votes from you. And then after the election, they go, okay, well, you got 2 million votes in total. Mm. Um, and so you get, you know, what's 2 Times. Don't test me no. here. <laughs> <laughs> you get, what, $12 million or something. You know? um, yeah. And that works out quite well for them. Like the ALP would have got about $20 million at the last election from counting up all the votes and then giving themselves a reward. And then and the coalition would have got probably about $27 million out of that thing, which is which doesn't cover the cost of a campaign. A campaign would cost anywhere between sort of 30 and $50 million dollars for each party to run, but it it goes some of the way. Um, There is one incredibly important caveat to that thing, which explains why it's such a rort, which is that you can only get that funding if you get over 4% of the vote. So if you're a minor party or you're just a little independent, Mm. you can run hoping that you'll get that money, but it's only after the election that you find out, did I get 4% of the vote? And that's when that money kicks in. That, for example, explains why Clive Palmer in this election, you see in his ads everywhere. Well, one one theory about that is, well, even if he doesn't get elected in every state or anything like that, that much advertising means he's he's likely to get over 4% of the vote in pretty much every state, which means... He'll be on the same gravy train as the major parties mm. and he'll make a lot of his money back. That's a scary thought. <laughs> That's a scary thought. Yeah. So just on the, the money that the parties get then from an mm. election, is that purely used for the next election campaign or is that used to just, you yeah. know, keep them ticking over between elections as well or does the public money from actually being a member of parliament or a, uh, or a sitting member, that covers that and it's all huddled up for um, election time. 
in my experience, I, I really only know about the ALP with this sort of stuff, but they use it to pay for the last election. What they tend to do is they tend to borrow money to cash flow the election and then parties aren't rich organisations yeah. and they spend it all plus whatever they can get out of donations and, you know, corporate donations and little donations. They spend every cent that they can to win that previous election. And between elections, parties really don't spend that much money to operate. They tend to own or, you know, have very reasonable like small offices that don't cost a lot to lease and they have very few permanent staff, like you'd be talking maybe a dozen staff would run the entire New South Wales ALP. Yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. yeah. So there's no overheads. There's, there's not there, many there's overheads. There's very little overheads. Between times. It's just basically buying ads. It's just when someone calls an election, yep. that's when the, the cash needs to start flowing in. So yep. on that, is it becoming harder and harder for political parties to attract donations, that little top-up that you spoke of that mm. they need to kind of keep things kicking over and making sure that they can stay on the gravy train once election day comes around? No, it's not becoming harder and harder. It's becoming easier and easier in a way, but what the tendency is, is to get it from just big corporations. So, you know, 30, 40 years ago, most political donations would have been you know, 50 bucks here, 100 bucks here from local branch members. The actual parties were a lot bigger in size. Like there would be 10 times the number of people in the ALP if it was the same size, it had the same amount of participation as it had, say, 30 or 40 years ago. Same with the Liberal Party. I mean, the Liberal Party's never had as mass a, a membership, but they used to rely on small donations. What's happened over the course of the last 30 years sort of started in the Hawke and Keating era but really got accelerated in the Howard era when he sort of went, okay, well, you know, let's allow corporations to donate, I think it was $10,000 a, a pop, uh, without even having to report it. So over, over that sort of money, you know, there's laws about disclosing it and, and that's, okay. you know, you always see that every year, the sort of disclosure things and there's always a scandal because West yeah. Tax donated <laughs> all this money. To Where does lead. that, do, if I wanted to say, mm. look at how much certain people donated last election campaign, is, yep. is there someone to easily go and find oh, it? Oh, yeah, that's very easy. Uh, you just go to the Parliament House website, mm. which is um, aph.gov.au and... Um, it's all listed there. But the, the, the outrage is they only ever list it about six months after uh, the elections happened. So remember Malcolm Turnbull donated $1.75 million in the last election cycle in 2016. To himself. To himself, yeah. yeah as you basically. Do. Was it <laughs> a ta- is that a tax write-off? Uh, the first $1,500 is. So Just the first 1500 Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's nice. taking a bit of a hit there, Big yeah. Mel. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, he basically bought his own job, right? Um, and, and Quite and, clever when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, like, because then you've got to do the job as well. Like, wouldn't you just prefer yeah. to have the $1.7 million? Well, it did turn out too well, I suppose, <laughs> when you look, exactly. look back at it now. But, yeah, I get your point. Um, but, yeah, so, and, and he didn't, it's not like he had any influence. His, his money seemed to buy him a lack of influence in the Liberal Party. <laughs> but, no, so $1.7 million later, it was only reported, like, the following February that he donated all this money. And you sort of go, in this day and age where you can see 
you know, your bank transactions in real time. There is no reason at all that that couldn't be done. Like immediate electronic disclosure is something that's just totally possible and yet, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll tell you in nine months' time. So here's the big thing for, for both major sides of mm. politics that someone makes a huge donation mm. and you find out about it six months later, but in the meantime, are those things working behind the scenes where in which favours are done that we don't know about, that stay quiet, both coalition and Labor side of politics? Well, yes, and the funny thing is that um, businesses resent, resent it, resent the fact that they get asked to pay quarter of a million here, half a million here. Um, I once went to this fascinating, it was an AGM of this big property developer called Australand, um, which I think is now defunct, but it was one of the big ones, a public public company. Is that why you can talk about it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, exactly, because, uh, and I went there for crikey, and because uh, they used to buy shares, well, they still do, they buy shares in companies, so that, because journalists aren't allowed in, but if you say, oh, well, I'm just here on behalf of I'm crikey, a yeah. I'm a shareholder, Blah, blah, blah. By law, they have to let you in. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I asked the CEO, um, you know, like you've donated, I think it was like half a million dollars to the Liberal Party in the last year. Do you think that's a good use of taxpayer funds? Do you, do you see a return on investment with that? And his response was, absolutely. It's very good value. We would not spend this money if we didn't feel that it had a substantial return on investment for that money. In other words, yeah, you pay the money and you get the favour. And, I, and I mean, we see it all the time and sometimes it turns into a scandal but other times it's like, oh, well, the Liberal Party soft pedal on banks. We all know that. We also know completely that the Libs get an extraordinary amount of funding from banks. Like Westpac was their single biggest donor last year by a considerable margin and... Yet, you know, you just go, they, they, are, they are two completely obvious facts that are both publicly known. You know, why doesn't anyone ever sort of lump them together and go, this is just bribery? You know? With those, with those um, you know, funny and, and Sam Dastiari, that was a, yes. a famous case on, yes. on the Labor side of things. He, he got done for trying to elicit money or I don't know. Oh, exact, and, he, and he's lying on it now. The Chinese. Now that he's out. Yeah, he, that's right. He took money. He, he basically got somebody to pay for a dinner. Like he he had a twelve hundred dollar overage on the cost of putting on some lavish dinner, mm. and he he rang up his Chinese Communist Party mate and went here can you or with links to the Communist Party, mm. um, can you spot me the extra twelve hundred bucks? And the guy went yeah whatever, and that was such and he'd been the head of the New South Wales Labor Party right. And his excuse was, well, when I was head of the New South Wales Labor Party, I'd do that every day. Like That, that was just <laughs> what I did, right? But I realised now being a politician that you, you've got to be a little bit more, you know. Yeah, you're you, a target. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. You use it against you. you got to be, yeah, exactly. But, but, you know, like the Paladin stuff that um, Peter Dutton's been, you know. Oh, the security on detention yeah, centres, is it? He as minister signed off on more than... $420 million worth of security. Um, they pay the workers there $2.50 an hour. There's no way that contract costs more than a million or two million. Less than you get for a vote yeah. if you're a political party, like you mentioned at the top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's been a series of contracts in this parliament, 
like that where you're just going, you know, who donated where? And the problem is it's very hard to track because you know how I said, oh, it was $10,000, you know, limit for corporations to donate to a party. You can bundle that all up. That can build up. And this is with no disclosure whatsoever. Like no one will ever know that you've donated. You can do that in every single state around the country So and territory. So there's eight of them. Yeah. So that gets you up to about 80,000. But actually it's also adjusted for inflation. So it's now about 14,000 that you can donate. So you can get up to sort of 110, 120,000 every year donating to a political party or a politician yeah. personally. Oh, so this can happen yearly. It's not just yeah. around a, yeah. an election cycle. No, no, you can every year whenever you, you do want. that. So you could, without any disclosure and without breaking any law, easily get three or 400 grand into a politician's pocket with no disclosure. That's a scary thought. Mm. Just on the, the donations then, can those funds be used by said political party which has had it donated to any time it wants or does it have to be used at election time? No, it can use it for anything they want at all. Mm. And same with the public funding. Like, it's just up to the party. Like, remember, the parties wrote the rules. So they're not going to go, oh, well, you've got to use it with integrity. <laughs> so this is not part of the constitution? No, no, this, this is, is all separate. Just, this is the law. This is just a piece of legislation. Administrative. Yeah. And the sad thing is, like, occasionally, you know, an independent will get it into the Senate or something like that and they'll propose. I think Ricky Muir did it. I think uh, Jackie Lambie also proposed a whole lot of changes to these donations laws. Yeah. Um, but, but then down. the Libs and the Labor Party and even the Greens now have started going, I don't know, we're on a good wicket. Why change something that, that works? Well, it's know? interesting because Christine Milne was on a previous episode of Peacock Politics oh, yeah. and she made a big point of we need to find out political donations not after the fact of an election mm. but during an election when it happens. Yeah. She's, she was big on that. So, Yeah, and in actual fact, um, to their credit, the Greens have rejected various donations. It, like they, they do take a sort of a, an approach where... If somebody comes and they go, oh, it's a bit dodgy, mm. they have in the past rejected quite large donations on the basis that it doesn't fit with their values. I get the feeling we'll never truly know what a donation does to a decision-making process. Mm. We can guess. Yes. We can make assumptions and the odd scandal might come out. But it, it's one of those, it, it feels like an iceberg, like we can see a, a tiny bit of it that's going on, but the rest of it's going on, we'll have no idea. doesn't matter what we do. Which is why... Um, disclosing it, like the harsh sunlight of disclosure is a great idea, and then reducing the actual amount that um, that can be donated. And I would say the most obvious thing is make it so that businesses can't donate. It's like we are a democracy of people. It's only people who can vote. Businesses don't get a vote. They're not people. But what happens to political parties if that happens? Doesn't their funding fall through the floor and they'll just wither? But it would fall through the floor... Pretty much equally, right? Mm. Like, like both sides would suffer from that if only people could donate to political parties. So what would the consequence of that be? I don't know. Maybe a few less ads on television? Wow, that'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'd have people like but, Clive Palmer who've got enormous personal wealth or apparent enormous personal wealth despite the fact there's people in North Queensland still waiting to be paid by Big mm. Clive. But then they're essentially... Like the rich you are, then you can buy your way in. Yeah, I mean, but that's always been true. Like, and uh, 
like I don't actually think that as hilarious as Clive Palmer is, he's not really the threat that we should base all our rules around. But it, it, I mean, it, the one thing that I would say is there was a time where most of the donations came from small donations. It is entirely possible for a democracy to function in that way. And in actual fact, there are examples of this happening in Australia. Like Get Up is a really good example where I think the statistic is something like 97, 98% of their funding comes from small donations, $50 here, $20 here. They have a lot of, you know, like because their business model is basically, well, we'll do a campaign, contribute 20 bucks to that billboard. You see the billboard up there saying, oh, coal is bad or whatever. And then you go, oh, I got great value out of that. I got to build a billboard for 20 bucks. I'll give another 50 bucks or whatever. So get up, you you have some form of knowledge about this particular... Yeah, uh, yeah. My, my wife actually was one of the co-founders of GetUp, um, okay. brought in some of the first money. Fair enough. You're not biased then, are you? Yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> you are biased. Fair enough. We've established that then. Go on. I think that in many ways GetUp is doing is replacing what the ALP and the Liberal Party had back 30, 40 years ago with their branches. So it used to be the case that you had to go and sit through a whole lot of meetings and do some fundraisers locally, have a local trivia night, that sort of thing. That happened to basically fund the elections of the 70s and 80s. That was the main form of of, um, funding. And it it worked. And, I mean, the the branches of those parties were very active. They had far more members in them because they needed to because, you know, it was a scramble to get enough money to... So this is very localised stuff, like in each each, electorate, basically. In in every electorate there would be probably eight or ten branches. Oh, so, you know, um, like I live in uh, the suburb of Glebe in Sydney and there were two branches. When I was growing up, there were two branches. There was the Glebe branch and the Forest Lodge branch, or the Blackwattle branch. But, you know, there's one main street in Glebe. Mm. There's one at one end and one at the other end. Yeah. So you could walk, you know, and you'd choose your branch based on how close it was, but also, you know, some would have it on a Tuesday night, others would have it on a Sunday morning. You'd go, oh, I don't want to go on a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you do it. GetUp has sort of taken that model of actually getting involved but, you know, and also paying as you yeah. get involved and rolled it out for a sort of digital generation where... An extreme the, grassroots level, yeah, the gra- concept. Yeah, the grassroots level, but done all online. They, they hardly ever meet. It's just they get to be part of community that... Well, that's society now. Everyone just communicates through Instagram via, uh, direct message. And, <laughs> yeah. Is that, just on... So that has... The, the major political parties have moved away from that, have they, because of mm. their membership, diminishing membership? Well, I think the thing is that they just don't know. I, I think they'd love to be able to do a get up and their membership is completely diminished and they don't know how to do it. And and that has seen them actually just seek out the bigger end of town more and more and more and become more and more reliant mm. on those $10,000 donations or, you know, when it's a bank, it's a $250,000 donation and they disclose it and, and everything like that. And, you know, the powerful people at the top of those parties are the ones now who are just very good at the meet and greet with the top end of town and there's no one else with the skills to go, oh, no, no, but I know how to raise 20 bucks from 10,000 people. Hmm. That's just not a skill that 
that used to exist, but now it really just doesn't exist. Is that going to cause some problems? Or do, they, do you feel that the political landscape at the big end, the, the top end, is very comfortable with where that situation rests right now? I think it's one of those Faustian pacts, isn't it? Because... Um, what impacts? <laughs> well, I didn't go to well, university, so yeah. you're going to have to explain that. <laughs> well, no, but it's, it's sort of a deal with the devil in a way in yeah. that... The Australian Shareholders Association has a long-existing stance that political donations from companies should be abolished. In the US, for example, businesses are milked for millions of dollars a year. Every public company has to really stump up genuine cash. And they complain about it. They sort of go, hang on, politicians are just money suckers you know, now. It's got to that point, right? But there is a bargain there, which is... I think it's undeniable that over the last 30 or 40 years, businesses have gained a huge amount from the economic reforms that have been implemented along this way. Mm. So, yeah, they'd love to be able to not have to stump up 250... Westpac would love to not have to stump up 250 grand every time the Liberal Party comes around. But at the same time, what it does do is it delivers them an enormous value in terms of you know, legislative power and stuff like that. Like, mm. it really does mean that the Liberal Party soft pedals when it comes to banks, you know. How does it work in the state? You've covered yeah. American elections mm. and we we all sit back and laugh at the state of American politics, but it's a big thing. Yeah. And you mentioned there it's based on donations and money and fundraising and you you hear of all these lavish expensive events that they have to elicit funds out of very lavish and expensive human beings. Yeah. Um, is that how it works or have I got the wrong impression about how American politics works as opposed to what happens here in Australia? American politics is so extraordinarily different. I, You know, we talk about the Americanisation of Australian politics, but I just cannot see it ever being that extreme. It is amazing. Like, essentially your job, if you get elected to be a senator or a House of Reps person over there, your job from day one is to start fundraising. You literally, every day, you've got to go and meet with at least few people who are going to pay the bills along the way. Yeah. Like, that is the job. And that takes you away from doing politics. But that's been supercharged in the last nine or ten years. There was a Supreme Court challenge to election funding in 2010, which was the Citizens United case. It was a very famous case. And what Basically, the Supreme Court over there said was a corporation is a person and a corporation has just as many rights as a person Mm. and there is essentially no way you can legally limit their donations to political parties. And that's what supercharged it into, you know, this election cycle, last election cycle was the first billion-dollar election cycle. There was a billion dollars billion. a billion dollars spent on advertising. It's just it's what? just crazy. So there's so many different dynamics there. that. It, but for, for America, you know, it's out and out bribery. It's very clear, you know, like you go, I am funding you, I am a coal miner or coal mining company, I am funding you to put in this legislation, the lobbyist brings out the legislation that they want written, and so if you agree to implementing this legislation that we've written, then we'll give you $5 million to to go off and do it, and that's what happens. We don't quite have that here. (laughs) Well, I I think it would be a scandal. I think also at some level 
it would be illegal. I think I'm pretty sure that's illegal here. <laughs> like, like you can't really do that. Like, that's just bribery, isn't yeah. it? I mean. I don't know. I don't think anyone's trying. Should we try? Oh, well, I don't have $5 million to give to someone. I'm certainly not a coal miner. So. It would certainly be seen as inappropriate. I'll let you know, though, if I win lotto, yeah. we'll go down to Canberra and sort something out Yeah, there. we can do that. Why don't we together? Yeah, yeah. excellent. If you win. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be the front guy and you can be the, the brains behind it all. Yeah. Happily, happily. Um, so the key to all of this, this chat I've got out, is just to, for my own conscience, hmm. Go to that website and check out who's donating what. It's a very instructive process. Yes, yes. There's some great websites uh, to check out. APH.gov.au is the official website. Mm. Crikey.com, you have to pay for it. but <sighs> What? I know, uh, they, every year they basically drill down on, yeah. uh, on that list. Do people donate do, under, like, you know, make-believe names? Like Homer Simpson walking into that theatre that time saying he was Montgomery Burns, like that kind of thing? Well, there's no real reason to be that duplicitous. The better way to get around the law if you're wanting to do that, if, you, if you've got oh, a lot of money to donate. I don't want to do yeah. it. I want to yeah. know if people do it. Yeah, no, no. The better way to do it is to funnel it through your family and friends. So you're okay. personally allowed to donate 14000 without any, you know, questions asked. Just get everyone here and you, I don't know, you... Yeah. Live, you know, live our producer. Live, she'll do it for yeah, us. She'll, yeah, and that's an extra fourteen, and then you put it all around the state. So that's yeah. you know, like one hundred and twenty grand each. Blah 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 blah. You can really and and there have been cases. Um, I won't name names of companies doing that. So and there's other scams that they ran. They ran this um, printing company. The Libs ran a printing company a few years ago. So they paid more for the printing than it was necessarily. Um, sort of thing. So that was sort of government taxpayer money paying for the printing. Yeah. And then that extra money would be then donated back to to the political party. It's like when so. I used to go to a bar and my mate was working behind the bar, I gave him a $10 note and he gave me $12 in shrapnel charge. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Kind of yeah. We've all done it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, a lot clearer about this process now, Charles. Thank you very much for explaining it and uh, thanks for your time. Thanks, Adam. Peacock Politics was presented by me, Adam Peacock, and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer Liv Proud, sound production by Darcy Thompson, theme music composed by Matthew Dwyer, executive producer Jennifer Goggin. To hear more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au or search Peacock Politics on Apple Podcasts.